Thanks for joining us on the Father's House Podcast, where we are leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. If you have any questions or want to learn more about us, you can always check us out online simply by going to thefathershouse.com. We'd love for you to stay connected throughout your week. Now, let's go to this week's message. Awesome. So, you're going to join me this morning yes, teaching? Yes, thank you for the invite. All right. So, uh, we're going to jump in, and I hope you have your Bible with you. If you do, let's hold it up, and let's make our confession Amen. together. Let me get my chair adjusted Uh-oh. here. I'm not used to this white one, and so let me just get up here. All right, you ready? This is my Bible. Bible. It, it is the Word of God. God. It, it is life to me. Today, Today I receive the Word. word. I confess, my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, I am obedient, and I will never be the same again in Jesus' name. Amen. So I read this story about this lonely frog. I'm worried sometimes about And so the lonely frog went to a fortune teller. He wanted to know what his fortune would be. And the fortune teller said, oh, you have a moment ahead of you that will change your life forever. Wow. You're going to meet a girl who wants to know everything about you. Wow. The frog was understandably excited. So he asked the fortune teller, when? When will I meet this girl who wants to know everything about me? Oh, you're going to meet her in the next semester in biology class. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So she wants to know everything. Everything. <laughs> so, you know, it's really sort of sometimes that's how life is. You get good news and then it's followed by bad news yeah. or a disastrous. And life is full of a lot of moments that we think that are not really significant, but they're very significant. Let me ask you a question. What if all the moments that you were looking at, there are defining moments. Mm. And I mean, moments in which the choices that you make wow. will determine your future. What if life is made up of what we think are mundane moments, but every one of those carries an opportunity of divine greatness? That's good. What if we could learn to seize each moment as though it would be a possible moment of destiny. Would you be interested in that? Would you be interested in learning how to seize those moments of greatness that will change your life? Well, that's what happens in the book of Esther. So I know you have your Bible open to the book of Esther. Esther shows us the importance of seizing divine moments. You've got to be alert to a divine moment that God may have for you. The interesting thing about the book of Esther is that God's name is nowhere found in the Bible. I know. Isn't that amazing? Nowhere. In fact, when they were putting together the canon of the scripture, they spent a lot of time, church fathers spent a lot of time debating and arguing about including the book of Esther in because they said God's name wasn't mentioned. Mm. But what you can see, and I think the reason that God wanted it in the canon is simply this. Even though you can't see God, he is, moment, he is working in yes. every moment of our life. Yeah. He's, like, he's behind the scenes like a great puppet master, mm. pulling the strings and getting everything ready and setting us up for the position that he has. So I think it's important that we realize that God is continually in the moments of our life. That Would you say true. that with me? God, God is, is continually, continually in, in the, the moments, moments of, of my, my life. life. Just type on there right there, moments of my life. I yeah. want you to know that. Nothing you're going through escapes God. We don't live by coincidences, but we live by providence. Providence. That's providence a good word. is a great word. Yeah. Uh, pro means before, 
And the vidence means the same as the video of seeing. So mm. it really means that when we talk about providence, is that God sees before. Yeah. He sees in advance. Psalm 37 and 23 says, The Lord directs the steps of the godly man. He delights in every detail. I could change that. Every moment mm. of their lives. That is so good. We forget that, don't we? Yeah. We do forget that. Okay, so if I were to give you a puzzle that only had four pieces... Yeah. You'd be like, oh, no problem. Yeah. I can do that. Right. Right. I could do I four. I hope so. <laughs> four pieces. <laughs> but uh, what if I gave you a puzzle that had 50 pieces? Yikes. You might take a little longer to solve it, but I think you could do it. Thank you. I have confidence in Good. you. But if I gave you a 500-piece puzzle, oh, wow. right? And no picture. A, and, well, that even be, yeah, there's, there's, there, they have them now with just a blank. But anyway, 500 pieces, it's going to be more complicated because there's more pieces. But if I handed you, or I handed you, a 5,000-piece mm. jigsaw puzzle, you'd wow. probably refuse to take it and say, yeah. I don't think so, too many pieces. Yeah. That doesn't interest me. And what if that puzzle was 500,000, or 5 million, wow. or a billion pieces? Wow. You wow. would say, no, too much, too much, I can't figure all this out. That's like trying to figure out God. There are yep. so many pieces to put together, but God is able to do that. There are so many pieces in his plan, but the Bible says that his thoughts and his ways are infinitely higher than our thoughts or our ways. That's from Isaiah 55, right. 8 and 9. And it's a good thing that God knows what he's doing because we usually mess it up, no. right? Now, Esther is like Joseph and David. If you remember the story of either of those guys, they went through a long time before mm -hmm. God really used them. Yeah. So he had each one of them hidden away for his purpose. Wow. Now, what do I mean by that? Because when the day came, he brought them to the front mm -hmm. to work out his plan. Wow. He had things mm -hmm. going on all mm -hmm. along, all along. And then when it was time, he brought them to the front. God hid Joseph away in a dungeon in Egypt. But when he was ready, he placed him in the position of prime minister of the country. Yes. And he was able to make a difference. God always has someone in reserve to fulfill his purposes. I wonder if God's got you in reserve right now. You think it's not worth, everything that's going on is for nothing, no good, but God has got you ready to be used to fulfill his purposes. Sometimes it's a man like Joseph mm -hmm. or Moses. Sometimes it's a woman like Hannah or Mary, right, right. or as we're talking about today, Esther. Esther. Now, let me give you the overview of the story of Esther. I'm, I'm hoping that you will read this book because it's so very, very easy to read and it's a, it's very, it's a great uh, story. It's a great story. So it starts off like this. Once upon a time in Persia, there was a king that was a great king. In fact, the, the realm of his kingdom went from India all the way to Ethiopia. Wow. He had a huge kingdom. And his name was Xerxes. And uh, he threw a 180-day party wow. for his kingdom, for his realm, for all of his friends. Free food. That's like six months. Yeah, free food, Ooh. free wine, all the booze you can have. And uh, at the end of that, he and his cronies, uh, he was a little tipsy then, uh, and he wanted to impress them with the queen. Mm. Her name was Vasti. And uh, Vashti. And so he called for her to come out wearing only her crown. Uh, the best that we can read that. He wow. wanted her totally naked. He wanted her to parade around in front of all the drunken people that are there. And she refused to come. 
Good she refused you, to come. So all of his cronies that were drunk said, you can't put up with this because if she rebels against you, then all of our wives won't listen to us and we won't be the men that we need to be. Mm. So They wanted to nip that in the bud. So he fired her. No oh. more queenie. You're no oh, more queenie. Okay. But now it brings up another problem. They, he needed a queen. So they did a Miss Persia contest, uh -huh. beauty contest. And so they sent out the, uh, uh, the invites and they began looking and they brought in 400 virgins to be potential queen. Hmm. And uh, in the midst of all of that, there's this girl by the name of Esther. Yeah. Her parents had died and her cousin Mordecai was raising her. So she was one of those that was selected to come. Now she's a Jew and this is the Persian Empire. But I want you to remember what Anita said a few minutes ago that God gets people ready and puts them in hiding or what I said God sometimes behind the scene is the puppet master. He's getting, he's getting somebody, he's getting his somebody yes. in the king's realm mm. for something he wants mm. to do in the future. Mm. So uh, we're going to see as he works that. Uh, look at this verse, Esther chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. As a result of the king's decree that they're looking for a new queen, Esther, along with many other women, was brought to the king's harem at the fortress of Susha and uh, placed in Haggai's care. Haggai was very impressed with Esther, and he treated her kindly. Isn't it, isn't it interesting? Out of obscure moment, um, she's brought to the palace, yeah. but then... The person in charge of the whole beauty contest has extreme favor. You're going to find that word favor over mm. and over. I don't has think extreme that was a, favor. I don't no, think that was a coincidence. No, no. So, so he quickly ordered a menu just for her, provided her beauty treatments, and he also assigned her seven maids chosen from the king's palace, and he moved her into the with the maids into the best place in the harem. So here she is, 400 women in competition, mm. makeovers. So she moves from the mundane moments of obscurity that nobody knew who she was. Nobody would probably ever know anything about her. It's sort of like a Cinderella story. Yeah. Young minority Jewish girl selected to be queen, and we anticipate that they live happily ever after. But in every great story, there's always a, a villain. Thump, thump, thump. And in this story, the villain is Haman. Haman is kind of like the enemy who wants to mess everything up. He wants to stop you. So Haman was a power-hungry guy. He was the prime minister of Persia, and he would tell people, he made a decree that when I walk down the street, everyone will bow. Everyone would, and they would do it except Mordecai. Mordecai. He said, I'm not bowing to him. So Haman didn't want to just eliminate Mordecai when he found out that he wouldn't bow to him. Yeah. He was like, you know what? I'm getting rid of all of the Jewish people, getting rid of all of them. So he, has, he goes in and he talks to the king, and he convinces the king to sign a decree that says all the Jews will be killed. Yeah. And he's got lies going on and bribes. And, you know, he didn't know that the king's wife, Queen uh, Esther, was a Jew. Yeah, because she hadn't told anybody. No, even she, the king didn't Mordecai know that. said, don't even tell anybody. So nobody knew that. So when he signed this decree, it happened that they, they, did, they drew lots, yeah. or however they did it. They rolled dice. Rolled I don't know. Dice, and it yeah. came out to be a year from when they, he, he wanted this to happen. So in a way, that was God's way of saying, I'm picking the date. Yeah. But look at he had a whole year whole to year. prepare them for that. So 
So for a whole year, they were going to live in the dread of yeah. on that particular day, 12 months from yeah. now, we're going to be obliterated. But, but Esther didn't know any about no, that. No. So she, she was facing a problem because she was disconnected. She was living in the palace. Yeah. She was doing her queen thing. She was in a, a secluded places. She was, um, you know, basically the lap of luxury. Yes. She was getting things given to her. She was being waited on hand and foot. She had all the beauty treatments that she needed, everything that she needed to be comfortable. And she didn't know the plight of her own people right. that was going on right outside her door and in chapter 4 verses 7 through 17 you can read that but she needed a wake-up call she needed something to motivate her yeah. because remember all this time Mordecai kept saying you know there's something going on there's something going on she didn't know what it was so then she found out that, that there was a plan to kill all the Jews. She found out that Mordecai was um, in sackcloth and mm -hmm. mourning and weeping. And she was like, what is going on? She tried to send him, clothes, send him clothes. And he's like, I don't want clothes. I'm doing this on purpose. Well, then she back and forth, they were sending messages, messages back and forth. And she finds out that there's actually a plan to kill all of her people. Yeah. She wanted to keep her head in the sand. Yeah. She didn't really want to have anything to do with it. But then she decides... To do something as she laid her hand head on the line really yeah I mean she she said okay and you're gonna find out more about that in a minute so it reminds me of a story that um, an army sergeant was testing his men right in the training and how far they had progressed and so he said I want you to run and leap over this body of water mm -hmm. and, without falling in and getting wet some of the soldiers made it halfway some of it made it two-thirds of the way but everybody fell in the water so he was like, this is, this is unacceptable. We're going to have to do this again tomorrow. And you better jump all the way over. You better show me that your training is worth it. Mm. So when they came back the next day, the soldiers discovered that the sergeant had put alligators oh. in the water. Oh. And guess oh. what? Everybody made it over. They had a little motivation, if you know what I mean. Sometimes God lets bad situations swim in the water of your life wow. in order to take you to a place that you wouldn't naturally go. You know, I, just as you were saying that, I hadn't thought about this, but uh, maybe this COVID-19, you know, the things that we always loved and we were locked away and we found the enjoyment of, and now yeah. all of that's stripped away and people are more aware of people around them that need the Lord. So maybe what, one of the things the Lord sent a wake-up call to us as a church to not rest and relax. You know, I think a lot of Christians live in a Christian bubble. Yeah. You know, you want to live in a Christian community. You want to play Christian music. You want to wear a Christian T-shirt. You want to have Christian bumper stickers all over the back of your car. I never trust anybody who puts a bumper sticker on paint. Right, I'm telling you that right there. Anytime I see a car, because we don't have bumpers anymore. And if somebody sticks a sticker on paint, I, I'm, okay. that person's lost confidence in me. I shouldn't go there because I'll go out in the parking lot later and probably see a bunch of cars like that. But anyway, I, I'm just saying that sometimes we live in a Christian bubble while the world outside is dying, going to hell. And maybe God is using this as a wake-up call. And Mordecai did that for Esther. He sent her a copy of the decree. Mm. He said, here's the decree that the king has signed with his signet ring. And uh, you've got to plead for us or we're going to be dead. You've got to plead for us. Esther 4.14, for if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But for you and your father's house, you will perish. 
Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom, say it with me, for such, such a, a time, time as, as this. this. Would you post that in your notes right there? A time like this, a time like this. I've come for a time like this. And she says, well, if I come into the presence of the king and I'm not invited, and if he doesn't invite me yeah. by lowering his scepter, nobody can see him, even the queen. So I'll be executed. I'll lose my head. She said, if I do this, I'm going to have to risk my life, yes. risk my position, risk my place to intercede for God's people. So now, here's the cliffhanger. What will she do? Mm. How will she respond? What happens now to the Jewish people? What happens to Esther? You must read the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey would say. And don't miss the teachings of this month. But let's pull back here and let's look at the one point for today's teaching. Here's today's one principle that we need to learn. Seize the moment. Yes. Would, you, would you type that out there on your phone? Seize the moment. Let me see who, who does that, all right? Just put it in there. Uh, seize seize the, moment. the moment, all right? So it'll be a little delay there, but I'm going to see who comes up first with that. In other words, you need to accept your assignment. Cooperate with God. Maybe he's been working behind the scenes, and he's put you where you are, and you don't even like that, but he's, he's got a plan. It's his yes. kingdom come, his will be done. But we must be obedient to his will. Uh, Vance Havner, one of the old great preachers I love to hear, he said, listen to this, obedience is becoming a lost doctrine these days. Parents and teachers are advised to ask not obedience, but cooperation mm. of their children and students. My father never asked me to cooperate. If I hadn't cooperated, he would have operated. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It so, was obedience. So we need obedience. We need obedience. And think about that for such a time as this, for a defining moment. If all of our moments were defining moments, has God put you where you are for such a time as this? Wow. Why are you positioned where you are? Why do you live where you live? Why do you work where you work? Hmm. Why do you go to school where you go to school? So great questions. Why do you go to church? where you go to church, when you can come to church. Mm -hmm. You do what you do because God has assigned you to be there. Wow. For you know, such a time as this. That's just, that's just refreshing, isn't it? Yeah. To think that God assigned me. He, he assigned me. For this time, I'm not living in the past, but I'm living now. He knew what was going to happen. He knew I could take that. And he's positioned every one of you yes. for something big, for his kingdom, yes. for something big. And if big. we remember that every moment the good, the bad, the ugly, doesn't matter, but all of those moments come together for such a time as this, maybe we can make it through those moments and not be, you know, so down and out sometimes. Um, but listen to this scripture, Acts 17, 26. My favorite. From one man, Adam, he made every man and woman and every race of humanity, and he spread us all over the earth. He sets the boundaries of people and wow. nations determining wow. their appointed times in history. Isn't, Isn't that amazing? great? In other words, if you're here in Leesburg or wherever you, you are, that's where he's appointed you for right now. Yes. Now, that doesn't mean that he might not move you somewhere later. But if you're always trying to move and never cooperate with the assignment, yes. you're never going to find right. a fulfillment and understand for such a time as this, yes. God put me where he was, where he, where he has, and the gifts and the talents. Yeah. And oh, that reminds man. me of what we were just talking about last week was weariness. Yeah. Don't grow weary in well-doing. Why? Because you're building up 
you're, you're being, uh, you're worked on by God, put in different places where you're supposed to be so that he can use you for such a time mm -hmm. as this. Effective service almost always comes by assignment rather than choice. Ooh, say it again. I'm going to say good. that because listen, because that is so good because we want to choose yeah, what we want to do. Phone. Effective service almost always comes by assignment rather than than choice. And if we believe God has an assignment for us, then we should open our ears and open our eyes to figure out what that is. So maybe that's not as far reaching as Esther. Yeah. Because Esther didn't know. No. She didn't know. Why am I here? I mean, why did I become the queen? We are each what God has made us to be with our own circle of opportunities. Right. So you can affect people and do things and say things that I can't do. I have a different circle of influence and opportunities. So again, think of each moment that you're going through and realize that God can use that, yeah. use that for his glory for such a time as this. Yes. Did it ever occur to you that God put you right in the middle of where you are? And it's not about a beauty contest. Yeah. It's not about position. It's not really about influence. But what if... All you've gone through has been preparation. Preparation for all you've gone through makes you who you are mm -hmm. and puts you where you are. I've said this over and over again. I made some bad choices in my life. And I, I don't even want to say it's a regret, though, because it made me who I am. I got a great opportunity to see God pull me out of some crazy things. So my past, all those things that happened was preparing me and brought me from where I was to who, to who I've become now. Yeah. So I look back on that and say, okay, God, thank you uh, that your hand was on me the whole time. So wow. sometimes you're suffering, sometimes you're going through stuff. God is preparing you for that moment. Yes. And a lot of times we don't like where we are. We complain and we say, I don't like where I live. I don't like where I work. I don't like anything about yeah. where I am at this moment. Get me out of here. Get me out of yeah. here. But are you willing to be the person who says, I am where I am, wow. and I'm who I am, and I can't change it, yeah. but what can I do to bring glory to God? That's important. What yeah. can I do to bring glory to God? So our lives belong to God. He created us. He gifted us, mm -hmm. and he wants to use us. Please know that God wants to use us. He made you for a purpose, for a reason. Step out of your safety zone mm -hmm. and turn on the light and ask when, God, should I speak? When should I be quiet? People are crying for help all around us, yeah. especially during mm -hmm. this time, especially during this time, things that are going on in their lives. And maybe we're not responding. Maybe we're kind of like Esther, keeping our head under the sand yeah. so we don't want to see it. But we have gifts. We have talents. You know, Esther was a beautiful woman, and I'm sure she had amazing gifts also that God wanted to use. And she stood up. She had courage mm -hmm. there to say, Okay, if I die, I die. But discover your talents and your gifts and use them for the glory of God. Here's another scripture, 1 Timothy 4.14. Don't minimize the powerful gift that operates in your life. Yeah. Do you know what your gifts and abilities are? Now, here's, this is a good thing. Some people do know what their gifts and abilities are, but some people don't. So why don't you just start with what you're not good at? <laughs> people can say, I, I'm not good at this. I'm not good at that. I'm not good at this. And guess what? You're weeding out those things to eventually find out what yeah. you are good at. Walt Disney tells a story of a boy 
in a parade and he volunteered to play the trombone and he wasn't very good it, you, it was obvious that he couldn't carry a tune and then he says so they went up to him and they said but why did you why didn't you tell us you couldn't play why are you trying to play the trombone in this parade and he said well I didn't know I couldn't play I never did it before never tried it wow <laughs> and you know it. that's exactly you know so we say hey we need help here we use this people say well I don't think that's my gifting but you, you can weed that out by trying those things. And I'm thinking a lot of people would say, uh, if they said to Esther as a kid, oh, you're so beautiful, you're so beautiful, you're so beautiful. She could have become vain yeah. and strutted around like I'm, you know, God's gift to the world. But I wonder, and people say, well, it's just shallow. She was just beautiful. But it was her talent of being beautiful that put her in yeah. the king's I mean, he uh, picked court. her out of yeah. 400 yeah. women. So she wasn't ugly. <laughs> And uh, so anyway, uh, don't neglect the small things, faithfulness. You know, big doors swing on little hinges. Yes. I'm going to tell you right now, God is at work in your life. And right now, he's revealing that to you in the little decisions that you mm. make. He's there with That's you. Good. Chuck Swindoll said, too often, if God's name isn't billboarded in front of us, we can't see him. Can't feel the warmth of his breath. But God doesn't always advertise his presence. Sometimes he only whispers it. He wants us to be sensitive to his subtle ways. Just as Adam and Eve heard the sound of God walking in the garden, we also need to put our ears to the ground and listen for the silent thunder of his gentle footsteps as he sovereignly walks on the earth. You are part of something bigger than you. Mordecai believed that Esther was placed in the king's palace for a divine appointment to do God's work, but the decision was going to be that she was going to do God's work or live with her own personal agenda. Esther had an opportunity and you have an opportunity, and I have an opportunity of being an ingredient into something bigger, into God's kingdom. You know, the story of Esther is like uh, the elements that we need to make a cake. All the things we're talking about, all the little things, all those moments that come together and make something. So I'm going to come over here. I brought a few things with me. And I'm Are you going to bake? Well, I, I, I'm, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. So look at all these different ingredients. Okay? All these different ingredients. So a baker will take a little bit of flour, a little bit of sugar, a little bit of nutmeg, and put it in and mix it together. But he never says, here, I want you to try this for me. Would you... Eat no, I'm not going oh. to try. I no. thought you were going to cooperate. No, not with that. I'm I'll not. be obedient. No, I've got more okay. to finish here. So all these, <laughs> all these uh, things individually are really nasty, you know. Um, I, Raylan used to eat butter when she was a baby, but you wouldn't just take a bite of butter. You wouldn't just take an egg and eat that egg by itself. But as everything comes together and is put into the batter, right, mixed together, put in the fire, I'm going to say that again, put in the fire, yeah. what happens? It bakes and it makes a great cake. Whoa. Wow. Hey, 
How we, about that? Maybe we after should have party. an after party, guys. <laughs> we should have an after party. So making that cake with all of those different ingredients is so important because it comes out, something comes good out of yeah. all of that. Yeah. Um, it's bigger and better than each individual part that it right. was made up of. So what does this mean for your life? Is that God's providence, remember seeing, yeah. beforehand, seeing beforehand, he can take the nutmeg of your situation. Wow. He can take the butter of your yeah. circumstances. He can take the flour of your failure and the sugar of your successes, and he mixes them all together in his sovereign blender and comes out with a cake that tastes great because his sovereignty is achieved through his providence. And, you know, I was thinking about something else. You, you take a little bit of this person, a little bit of that person, a little bit of this one, and then you mix them together and to in 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 God's providence mm. to bring about his will. Yes. God has placed you where you are not just to enjoy the benefits of a life in America but to build his kingdom, to help his people, to lead people to become fully uh engaged and growing in their relationship with Jesus. And I'm going to tell you, God created you. You're watching today. He created you for a divine appointment, a unique role that only your life can fill, just like Esther. There's something for you to do. You say, but I'm a nobody. But isn't it interesting how God took all the nobodies in the Scripture and he used them as somebodies when Amen. they cooperated and realized for such a time as this. Uh, let me look at this last verse today, 1 Corinthians 1, 26 through 31. Take a good look, friends, at who you were when you got called into this life, into this life of being a believer. Yes. I didn't see many of the brightest and the blessed uh, among you. Uh, isn't it obvious that God deliberately chose men and women that the culture overlooks and exploits and abuses? Chose these nobodies to expose the hallowed pretensions of the somebodies mm -hmm. that makes it quite clear that none of you can get by with blowing your own horn before wow. God. Everything that we have, right thinking, right living, a clean slate and a fresh start comes from God by the way of Jesus yes. Christ. And that's why we have this saying, I love this. If you're going to blow a horn, blow a trumpet for God. Amen. Why don't you just chat that in there right there? Blow a trumpet for God. That's good. Because he has a purpose for you. He has a destiny. I'm talking to someone right now that you're a believer and you're really struggling. You don't like where you are. You don't like that. Maybe right now you're single and you just, you don't like that. Maybe right now, you know, you're, you're uh, struggling for a job and maybe you're looking that you, you shouldn't be here. Maybe you're, maybe you're sick with the, with the virus and you're saying, I, I, if I wasn't here, if that would, no, look, you are where God has put you for right now. You say, no, God didn't put me here. The circumstances put me here. Are you kidding me? Do you, we just read the story of Esther with circumstances queen got kicked out. There's another that's going to be hired. And she, because she was a virgin, a young, beautiful girl, it was circumstances that put her in the palace. It doesn't matter where you, how you got here, but God has you here right now. Amen. So what are you going to do? Are you going to say, okay, Lord, I give up my agenda for your agenda. Help me to lead people in a growing relationship with you. Help me this week to love you, to love people and to build your kingdom. But maybe you're watching today and you say, you know what? I, uh, I am a nobody. 
Nobody even knows about me, doesn't care about me. Oh yeah, Jesus does. Scripture said while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He knew that your condition of where you are right now, that you're without him. And he didn't want you to be that way. God created eternity, a new heaven and a new earth he's going to create. But he doesn't want to live there by himself. And he's invited you and he's invited me to come and to be part of that. But he knew that we couldn't make it in our own works. People say, well, I'm going to do better, I'm going to do better. But all of our do-betters, they don't work. The only way we're going to get to God, the only way we're going to have our sins forgiven us is to believe in Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus left the beautifulness of heaven and he came to this world. He lived a sinless life. And he took your sins and my sins on the cross and he died for us. And the scripture said that if I call upon him, if I believe in my heart, and if I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead, I could be saved. Man, that's, that's, that's what you need right now. You're lost and you need to be saved. I'm not going to tell you how bad you are, but I'm going to tell you the good news is that Jesus loves you. And right now, his Holy Spirit is speaking to you. And he's saying, trust me. And if you call upon him, here's what he'll do. He'll forgive you of your sins, all of your mistakes, all the things you've done wrong. And he'll give you a purpose for living right now. And he'll give you a future with him in the new heaven and the new earth. Would you let me pray for you? If that's you, would you pray this prayer with me today? I can give you the words, but you have to surrender the heart. Pray with me. Father God, thank you today for loving me on this Independence Weekend. I need to be set free. I've been in bondage, but I need to be set free. So I confess with my mouth, and I believe in my heart that you are the Lord. You died for my sins, and you rose again. And because you overcame death, my sins can be forgiven. Forgive me, Jesus, in your name. Your name. And fill me with your spirit. Fill me with... As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in and through your life. And we'd love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps are in your relationship with Jesus, all you have to do is go to thefathershouse.com slash next. Join us next week as we continue to love God, help people, and build the kingdom.